Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. This episode of Ashto Resource Q&A is going to be another FAQ. Kim, what do we have today? This is about the internal audit and management review for new laboratories. We have a policy and guidance document about this, and we get some questions about it because there is something different we allow, correct? Yes, this one is a little bit different. Uh, I'll tell you about it, uh, and then we'll get into some of the discussion but basically what the policy is, is a new laboratory has up to six months from the end of the initial accreditation process to submit their first internal audit and management review records. So that's a little unusual compared to what we normally do. But the reason that we do that is because if you're a new laboratory, you may not have implemented a quality management system yet. You may not have even done any testing yet. So it's really hard for you to audit or complete a relevant management review the first time around and we really want to make sure we're evaluating people for what they're really doing and and see how they're implementing that quality management system before we can determine whether they should be able to maintain accreditation uh, so it just is a, a a way to give the laboratory time to do a good job on their first internal audit and their first management review the actual policy is on our website, and the document is the ASHTO Accreditation Policy and Guidance on Internal Audits and Management Review for New Laboratory Facilities. So that's the name of the document if you're looking for it. And what year did this document, like, was this a newer policy, or how long have we been doing this? I didn't know this was going to be a, a quiz, or I would have prepared a little better. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know? Year. That I'm one came out, but it is it is relatively recent. I'd say I'm maybe say like three, four years ago, something like that. Is it, I'm going to say 2018. Did I win? The revision date on the policy says 2018, so that's the only reason I knew that. Okay, and and I don't believe we've really revised that since it came out because it was perfect as is, which <laughs> never. I couldn't even both couldn't say that with a straight face. No, I, I can't get through that. It, it's never perfect and it's never done, and that's the way it is. It's okay. Uh, but the, the, the policy is that laboratories have six months from the time that they get accredited to send in their first internal audit and their first management review. That way we can see that it's been the policies and procedures have been implemented and we're seeing how they actually do. And, and this is in line with the continual improvement process that we are trying to espouse in our program and that we really want all the laboratories that are actually accredited to adopt. And most of them have, some are still coming along. And a lot of times new laboratories are just kind of learning about those concepts uh, for the first time when they go through our process. So it, it's been really working out well getting this because they can do a, a more meaningful internal audit and then management review. We haven't really differentiated those two yet, have we? No, but that, that, I was just going to go there. That, that it, it is for both practices, internal audits and management reviews. And they are not the same thing from what I have learned from numerous webinars that Tracy has done on those topics that they may seem similar, but they are different. I'm not exactly sure why, but I know that they're different. <laughs> 
Yeah, when you go through them, you definitely know that they're different. But but just reading the description, and I think that's a, another issue that the new laboratories are going through is they're reading these descriptions, and there's a lot of vagary in the in the terminology that that they struggle with. But then when you when you actually go through it, it helps a lot. And I think the training and and the the technical exchange and the webinars and those kind of things are really helpful for people to learn more about what it's like from a, a more hands-on approach but i've been talking mainly about internal audit because that's really the first thing you should do is the internal audit so you're you're reviewing your policies and procedures how you're implementing them comparing them to your own policies and procedures and established standards such as r18 uh, astm e329 and some other ones that people use a lot and and through that internal audit you you determine how in conformance you are with those requirements and you should be coming up with non-conformities just like an external audit would. Now this is one where I'd say a lot of laboratories kind of struggle with. I always wonder how thorough are they performing these internal audits and how much are they getting out of them because I'm not seeing a lot of non-conformities other than things that were either noted in the last external assessment or the last proficiency samples they received. But it should be more of a a thorough review than what an external provider should be able to, to carry out. Because if you're internal, you know really what's happening, mm -hmm. right? You know uh, all the ins and outs of your policies and procedures. You know who's in conformance, who's not, what things don't get done. You know, when you're going through the process of setting it up, you kind of figure your, your problem solving along the way and you're keeping an eye on these things. So. It, it should be something that should be a learning experience and it should provide for continual improvement opportunities for all the laboratories if done properly. Yeah, I would say in the internal audit, you should be able to follow the audit trail more in depth than for an external audit because, because you do know your um, own business better than an external auditor would, that you can follow that audit trail, maybe go a little more deep and kind of get to the root to, of things a little bit better. Um, we do have an article on our website available, um, internal auditing, just the facts, ma'am. Um, that kind of goes into what internal auditing is. Um, if you want more details on that, um, that was written by our quality manager, Tracy Barnhart. Did a good job of kind of explaining that. Also something I think we need to define here, in, and it's defined in the policy, but what is a new laboratory facility? Now that, that means that it's a, a new laboratory, but there are some situations that laboratories have asked us about uh, if they are considered new uh, or not. And, and there are a few examples of what are not considered to be new in the terminology section of this policy and guidance document. So laboratories that have relocated from a previous location are not considered to be new laboratory facilities. Even if no work has been conducted at the new facility, they're still uh, an existing laboratory that has performed testing and has even conducted internal audits and management reviews in most cases. Uh, a laboratory that's been purchased by another company is not considered to be a new laboratory, even though they may be implementing a, a quality management system that they have not been familiar with up to that point, uh, the point at which they have been acquired. Uh, laboratories that have undergone management changes are also not considered to be new laboratory facilities. And one last example that's on there is that laboratories that have existed for a while and they're just new to our program, we don't consider those to be new laboratory facilities either. 
we're talking about labs that haven't done anything from uh, in the first six months before they had their assessment. Those are the ones that are categorized as new in our system. Now, one potential improvement we could see down the road or change to this policy is that perhaps a laboratory that has been operating but not with any semblance of a quality management system, those could maybe at some point be considered new as well because while they have performed testing, uh, they haven't been checking equipment, maybe they haven't had a real training program, maybe they haven't really been controlling their work product too much so that having a little bit more time to conduct that first internal audit and management review might be useful. But that's not the case right now. Right now, it's just for laboratories that have not existed uh, at all. One way that you'll know for sure if we're considering you to be a new facility is that the laboratory assessor will write a finding that specifically states that you have this additional time. Now, what it looks like in a report is generally they combine the internal audit and management review into one finding, and it will state that the laboratory has been operating for less than six months. Records of internal audit and management reviews uh, were not presented, and the laboratory will have up to six months from the issue date of the first accreditation decision to submit that to the ASHTO accreditation program. So if there's any doubt, it'll be noted in the report. And what will happen as far as the accreditation process is concerned is that your quality analyst will have at that point at which you obtain initial accreditation will issue a letter and the letter will state, hey, you're accredited, but you have to take these actions in order to maintain your accreditation. And here's the deadline for completing that first internal audit and first management review. And we touched on this a little bit, but like, what are the benefits that they get this extra time? Well, the benefit is that it gives them a chance to take time and get it right the first time and to actually get some feedback from us on how they implemented their internal audits and management reviews the first go around with some real data. Uh, so that that's the real benefit. And I think they, they really ought to take an opportunity to maybe take some chances the first time and get some feedback from us. Uh, so they can make those improvements. One thing I want to make sure that laboratories understand is that we are not going to be following up with them on their findings on their internal audit. I don't know if that's a a problem for people or if that's a worry for people, uh, but we would encourage them to write findings on their internal audit because if they write those findings on the internal audit and they correct them, that means they're not going to show up on the external audit because there's nothing to find. It's already done correctly. And that, that's the that's the true benefit of the internal audit. And we see it when we go through it on our end because Tracy Barnhart, our quality manager, she internal audits, uh, I mean, her internal audits are so great and they're so detailed and they're so thorough and she finds stuff that an external audit would never find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of her efforts, when we do have an external audit for 9001, ISO 9001 conformance, it's usually... Uh, extremely clean report because we've taken care of all these things and the auditor can actually see our internal audits. They can see our corrective action tracking and our resolutions and and they, it, it helps us. Well, it helps us fundamentally, but it also helps us with the external audits. Yeah. So there's no real surprises during the external audits because we've uncovered everything or have already resolved most of it for the internal audits. There shouldn't yeah. be, right? That's right. It, that's really- the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something people don't 
necessarily embrace because they, you know, some laboratories are new to quality management. They they may not see the value, and they, you know, you do hear from time to time people say, "Oh, these are just administrative hoops that we have to jump through." But they're, if you do it right, they're not, and it'll be really apparent uh, apparent to you that they are not, and they're actually making your organization better. It's better for your employees because people will know what to do and they'll know where to find information if they don't know what to do at certain times. And you can get improvements to your work environment through that process, improvements to your clients, which is very important for your business to continue and and be profitable and grow. Uh, so there, there's just, I, I mean, endless benefits to the internal audit process. And then we haven't really been talking too much about management reviews, but let me get into that for a second. So first of all, don't do the management review at the same time as the internal audit. That's that's a mistake. So even though we have six months for that, you know, maybe a potential improvement would be six months for the internal audit, one year for the management first management review. That might be a good thing to do. So we'll have to we'll store that away and, uh, and see if we want to do that in the future. Uh, but you really need those results of your internal audit before you present your findings to man- to top management for that management review. In that management review, you're basically giving a report to top management about everything that's been going on, internal audits, external audits, customer feedback, uh, any needs for uh, workforce or equipment or facilities, any kind of things that you need a review and approval from top management, those are things you're going to report to top management on during the management review. I think in R18, it talks about uh, it's a way to, to determine the suitability of your quality management system and your policies and procedures. Well, that suitability is judged by top management. It's not another review of your quality management system. You don't have to sit down and say, okay, uh, boss, here's what we're going to do. We're going to review the training procedure. You know, you're not necessarily going to do that during the management review, but it's a time to say, hey, uh, we've had a bunch of issues with proficiency samples, and we've got a bunch of findings on our reports, external reports for performance of testing. Uh, We may have an issue with training. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about that management. Let's see is the issue that we don't have, uh, you're not letting us take time to do training? Is it a a problem with the way we've been doing training? Do we need to get external people involved to help us with training? Those are things that are out, those are allocation of resources, expenditures, time commitments. Those are things that top management has to sign on so you can mark your time card correctly and get approval (laughs) for the time you spent on those things. Uh, and yeah, and it's a time for you to express the need for those things and the value of those things to top management so you can have the approval for it. And if our listeners want more information about management reviews, we have a recorded webinar on our website about that on our YouTube channel. We've done a podcast episode about it as well. So check out those. We have a lot more information about management reviews. I have another question. So you said that in this process, these new laboratories, they get the six months to do these activities, the management review and the internal audit. What is the follow-up for laboratories with our quality analysts? Okay, well, let's travel back to the original assessment file for a moment. So the, the laboratory is working with the quality analyst to resolve all of the nonconformities in the report. They'll get to the point where they only have two findings left 
in their accreditation event for their assessment. That'll be the internal audit, not presented, management review, not presented. Mm-hmm. And the quality analyst will say, okay, well, since you're new, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to extend this out. So you're going to get a continuation notification mm-hmm. from us. So the quality analyst will go through uh, send the file to peer review. It'll go through all of the other iterations, activities that have to take place. And the laboratory will get a notification from us that says, you know, you're accredited, but you have these things that you have to do, and here's your deadline. So what will happen then is a new accreditation event will open up, and it will have those two findings in it that are unresolved. And so the laboratory, once they're done doing everything they need to do, once they complete that first internal audit and the first management review, they'll upload that evidence to us that they've completed those activities. The quality analysts will review those, make sure that they're done properly, which properly is in conformance with ASHTO R18 and the laboratory's internal procedure for those. And as long as everything looks good, they'll mark those as resolved and they'll send them a notification that says issue is resolved. You know, you don't have to do anything else. That's it until your next assessment. Uh, If there is a problem, if they don't upload them, accreditation will be suspended at that point until those things are taken care of. And you mentioned laboratories with this policy will actually be accredited before they have their first internal audit and management review. Is that noted on their accreditation listing in any way? Like this is a contingent accreditation or is it just straight accreditation for those six months until they get those things? It's a regular accreditation. Wow. So we don't we don't have that. That is another, uh, I, I guess, offshoot FAQ of this topic is we don't have provisional accreditation. We don't have levels of accreditation. There isn't like a A, B, C kind of <laughs> accreditation. It's just you're either you're accredited, you're suspended, or you're not accredited. Okay. Those are the three categories. Well, I think we've covered most of the things that we've needed to cover for this policy and FAQ. I mean, we could go on again, and we have whole podcasts and webinars about management reviews for more details and what they are and how to do those effectively. And same with internal audits. We already have, we have resources for that. I know we'll be probably doing a podcast episode about internal audits as well. I'm assuming because we don't have one of those. So I think that's going to be on our docket for season two or three or four or five. Um, <laughs> and it's probably won't be that long, but yeah. So is there anything about this policy in particular that you want new laboratories to know there, yeah, I would just say take your time. You know, the, the whole point of this is so you can take your time and get it right. So don't rush to resolve these items before you're really prepared to do so. If you can do it right the first time, it's going to be easier the next time. Like it always gets easier the more you do. And this is true with everything in life, right? The more you do it, the easier it gets. So it, and, and that is especially true for these more complicated things like performing an internal audit when you've never been an auditor before. Uh, You've got to develop some auditing skills and you will over time. We want to help you get there uh, the first time so then you can continue to improve that process moving forward. So would you recommend then like a specific timeline for these? If you're a new laboratory, you have six months to resolve this, right? To do these activities. So would you say like at three months, do your internal audit and then at five months, do your management review, then giving yourself that other month to actually finish up the stuff and submit it to us? Is that like, is that, that the correct timeline or is there? Yeah, a that is, 
That's a great suggestion. And I, I think that would be the recommended timeline for people. We, we haven't gone that far because as far as being prescriptive with the mm-hmm. laboratories, because we want them to, to be able to uh, schedule these things on their own. So uh, we haven't done that. Is we, we haven't provided that level of guidance or direction on the time frame. But I think that if you've got three months of testing under your belt and uh, implementation of this quality management system, that's plenty of time to perform that first uh, internal audit because you, you've seen how it's gone. And the sooner you can do it, probably the better for you anyway, because then you can correct problems that have popped up. I mean, I, I know anytime we implement a new policy here, we get feedback, like the first month of implementation, we get enough feedback that we kind of know if we've made a mistake early on or if we need to make a little tweak here or there just to get the information we need or just to address any concerns that the first users have, have uh, run into. Uh, so I, I think the same thing would go with a, with a QMS in general is you'd kind of uncover some issues pretty quickly. And then a question that just kind of popped up, does the laboratory have to do a complete internal audit or just part of it? Because I know our internal audits here at resource are broken up by programs. So um, our quality manager, Tracy, doesn't do one internal audit a year. It's broken up throughout the year. So it's because that would be just intense. So for accreditation purposes for laboratories, is it just they need to do part of it or do they have to do a complete internal audit? Or is it just like they can audit one section of their QMS? They have to do the whole thing the first time around. Uh, That's a good question, and I'd say that process that we have now evolved over many, many years of implementation, where initially we started with the whole audit, too. Uh, But as we got better at it, we realized that it was better for us to split it up because our programs are so big and so... um, uh, I, I mean, each one has so many policies and procedures, it's like a separate company. Uh, so for us, that makes a lot of sense. But I'd say for a laboratory, it probably doesn't make, unless you're a, just a massive, like a DOT that has tons of different departments, different management, it probably could make sense for them to do separate audits. But But still, I'd schedule those, like if you were a new DOT, I mean, that doesn't really exist. <laughs> but let's say a new state uh, that had never existed before uh, was was formed and needed to have its first internal audit. Uh, they they may split it up into the different departments, but they'd still have to carry that out uh, relatively quickly the first time around. So I'd expect to see a bunch of internal audits coming from that kind of entity okay. uh, the first time around. All right. So the requirement in R18 is that it's a complete internal audit done every year. Right. Right. Well, thank you for answering this question for us in this FAQ episode, Brian. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.